Hello, I'm Gwenna Lathland, and this is the Mama Cusses Podcast, the podcast dedicated to all the cussable moments in parenting. Disclaimer, the Mama Cusses Podcast may have curse words, profanity, or adult topics. Okay, it will definitely have those things. If you have sensitive littles listening with you, now might be the time to pop on those headphones or go hide in the bathroom with your grown-up juice. All right, let's get this shit going. Today I have a wonderful guest from my neck of the woods. I have a local Oklahoman with me by the name of Chelsea Parks. Chelsea uh, is the owner of a company called Hooplahoma. She's a freelance circus performer. And with Hooplahoma, she produces educational video content, creates custom hula hoops, gives private lessons. She's also a performer with an ensemble called Inspiral Circus. I think she is the most fascinating person I've stumbled across on TikTok. I'm very excited to have her on the podcast today. Hello, Chelsea. How are you? Good. How are you, Gwenna? I am doing fantastic. Awesome. Okay, so I gotta say, there is a part of me that as a mom, like, I really hope one of my kids grows up to be a juggler. But on the other hand, I'm like, a juggler? Like, how did you like decide juggling and circus performing and is it the seer wheel is that what it's called is that how you yes. pronounce that word seer like seer over there awesome is so how how did you figure out not only is this a thing that i can fucking do but i'm gonna well a couple things about that first of all thank you so much for saying that you want your kid to be a juggler because that's awesome a lot of people a lot of parents don't seem to want that for their kids. And that's disappointing because it's a really fun job. Um, and secondly, I think, I think the trouble comes in like people believing that it is a real job. Yeah, I think it is. It's really if you fun. get people to pay you for it, it's a real fucking job. Exactly. And it's so fun to tell people that I'm a juggler or I'm a professional hula hooper because it get the funniest <laughs> looks. And how I got into it, it wasn't really like, oh, I discovered I could do this. It was more like, I decided to learn how to do it. And it actually started with unicycling before anything else, which I don't know why I picked like the hardest skill to learn first. <laughs> but it was actually kind of random. I didn't know anybody that was doing circus stuff. I was waiting tables at the time. I was in college, but had changed my major so many times. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And just one day for shits and giggles, I wanted to teach myself how to ride a unicycle. So I called over Oklahoma City, all the bike shops looking for a unicycle, found one and just decided to buy it and figure it out. So that was just something I wanted to challenge myself to do just to like prove that I could because I've always had a kind of mindset like you can do anything if you put in the time. And right. I watched YouTube videos and like kept at it. And I finally got to where I could ride a unicycle. And then it was just like this weird little quirky hobby that I had that no one else I knew did. But what happened was people I would meet when they would find out about it, they would be like, oh, you got to meet 
my friend so-and-so, who's the only other person I know that can ride a unicycle. And because uh, there's not many of us, um, well, especially yeah. in Oklahoma. <laughs> so, True statement. Yeah. So what happened was I began to meet uh, people who were into that kind of thing. And as it turns out, they're also into juggling and hula hooping and those kinds of things. And they had a uh, meetup at the park in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, there was a weekly meetup that I was introduced to where every week these people would come bring their unicycles and their juggling balls and their hula hoops and whatnot, any kind of object manipulation like that. And they would all Mm -hmm. jam together and hang out at the park. And I had never seen so many like unicycles in one place at the same time. I was like, there's more, there's more. At the risk of isolating non-local listeners, this was at Reeves Park, was it not? It was at uh, Lions Park in Norman. Lion, okay. I figured it was at Reeves. Some strange things happen at Reeves Park in Norman. Hmm. Okay. For for for, ver- for various reasons, no one understands why. But okay, so <laughs> so you connected with a group of people because your interests were sideways of what most people would would find as a hobby yes and it turns out like that's the greatest way to make friends because you meet a person if you do the unicycle and you meet another unicyclist and this goes with most circus disciplines it's like you're just automatically friends it's like i don't care what your opinions are about anything else let's geek out about unicycles or or whatever (laughs) it is all right, so moms, if you are wondering how to make mom friends, uh, learn a stupid human trick, and that that could that could be the thing that connects you. Now, I I do not believe what you do is is a stupid human trick, Chelsea. It is a very silly human trick. Unicycling <laughs> is ultimately probably the least efficient form of travel known to man. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the second is traveling with toddlers. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. I bet it's like herding cats. A little bit. Yeah. All right. So now you have, have you been performing at uh, parties, daycares? Do you, do you do private performances for tiny humans? I do once in a while, but not often um, like private parties for kids. Um, right. I do the daycare shows and library shows. And like school, summer camp, and church shows, like Mother's Day out, that kind of thing. Yeah. The church or whoever will hire me to come out. And um, it's not often that I do private birthday parties unless it's like my cousin's birthday party. (laughs) Because what happens um, is, you know, people think they want um, this really cool entertainer for their kid's birthday party, but then they don't realize like how much it's going to cost yeah to be realistically happening but when it's like a a church or a school or a library or something they can afford that and then I come to like a whole 45 minute show where there's a message about never giving up and practicing and following your dreams and all that cool stuff very nice very nice all right so 
tell me more about the educational videos. Before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about how that was going, but I love the idea of using the performing arts and using non-traditional, like we're not talking directly about Isaac Newton, but we are talking about some really important science principles in just making a unicycle or a hula hoop work like a unicycle or a hula hoop. Um, what sort of stuff do you cover in your educational videos and how are those being used? Yes. So right now what's happened is um, the libraries that I used to do these health literacy programs for in person, I would come each month and do like a hula hoop program and um, teach the kids how to hula hoop and teach them why bigger hoops move slower and why it's easier to turn in a circle while you're hula hooping and things like that. Um, since I haven't been able to do them in person, the libraries have pivoted to doing a lot of virtual programming. And I've started making these videos where I'm explaining how to hula hoop and adding in, like I said, that message of keep practicing. It's okay to mess up. Failure is a big part of uh, learning any new skill and you have to be okay with messing up. Like that's one of my right. big messages to kids and to everybody really, because that was my whole thing about like learning to ride a, a unicycle in the first place, just to prove that anybody can do anything if you're willing to put in the time and mess up and fail. So with these videos, I really try to get that message across through uh, teaching juggling techniques or teaching hula hooping techniques or balance skills. I even actually made a video recently about how to meditate for kids. Uh, which nice. might seem unrelated, but it's actually kind of goes hand in hand with like juggling, for example, or any, yeah. any of those kinds of skills where you really need to focus and you really need to be totally immersed in the present moment. Um, yeah. it's a great state for your mind to be in. They call it flow state. And then also those arts collectively are referred to as flow arts because you're in that flow state where you're really focused on what you're doing. And I want, I've been trying to figure out how to translate that and the meditation aspect of it to like a kid friendly what like how to translate that so that kids can understand it so that they can like yeah. ground themselves in the present moment not just when they're trying to learn how to juggle but when they're feeling anxious or stressed out or something oh my god that is amazing so i remember when i was in elementary school we would have a troop of circus performers come to our school every year and this was in the 90s so way back when but my very, very favorite, and it, as I understand juggling, it's literally the easiest thing a juggler can do, but I loved watching them juggle scarves. And to this day, it's still literally the only thing I can juggle because they fall slow enough, I can catch them again. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was entrancing to watch these scarves float up. And, and when you're talking about, you know, kids meditating, that's what it made me think of is just how, yeah, how meditative you have to be. I love that concept of using a, a game for as far as kids are concerned to really get in touch with mindfulness and awareness. That's beautiful. 
Thank you. It's really challenging to try to figure out how to put it into like a language that a, a five-year-old could understand. <laughs> like what, what is meditating to a five-year-old? <laughs> Luckily I've had some um, kids like, you know, family members, cousins and things like that, where uh, we've had get togethers and I would talk to them and ask them questions and be like, do you want to meditate with me? And try to explain to them what it is, like use them as a guinea pig, kind of like what kinds of things click with them. Like um, I've said, it's like ninja training, (laughs) for example, or like train your brain to be like super fast and reactive. Um, You just got to get them to want to do it. (laughs) It's kind of. Yeah. Because I was like, why do I want to sit still and breathe for five minutes? What's that's not fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my eldest daughter is in athletics. She plays basketball and her coach said, all right, we need to do yoga, uh, to increase some flexibility and focus. And my daughter came home the first week of doing yoga and she goes, you know what? I almost don't want to do basketball anymore. I hate it. Oh my gosh. Because of the yoga. (laughs) because because of the yoga i mean she's she's a very go 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 person i'm like no 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 no. there's a reason your coach is telling you to chill the fuck out for like two minutes right so you can focus yep. she she got she got over it she's 13 so everything's dramatic oh, but yoga's harder than it than a lot of people think it is yeah i used to be the same exact way as her and i was so i was diagnosed with add as a kid and I have kind mm-hmm. of like this hyperactive, you know, tendencies. And I used to be that way with yoga, like halfway through the class, I'd be like, okay, can we be done with this now? Um, I'm over it. But I've really like had to, I've had to train myself how to focus and pay attention and be still. Mm-hmm. And yoga's super helps me with that as well as hula hooping and juggling and meditation. Like it all goes together in the same kind of category for me I was gonna say now do you feel that your hula hooping and your juggling has has helped you refocus other elements of your life with ADD a hundred percent especially with the hula hooping so this the unicycling I started just you know as a kind of wacky thing to do and then Mm -hmm. I soon met people who were in that community and then started hula hooping and hula hooping for me was this whole different thing where I could actually like let go and kind of be in my body, like get out of my head and get into my body. I was never a dancer before, but hula hooping mm-hmm. I feel like taught me how to dance and how to stop being so judgmental of myself and how to right. just like enjoy movement. And it really changed my life. I used to, um, at the time that I started hula hooping, I was working three jobs. And I don't Mm -hmm. recommend that, by the way. But I would get up extra early just so I could hula hoop for 10 minutes because it really set, get just like helped me get into a really good mindset for the day. And it helped me like ground myself and um, be in the present moment. Nice. All right. So do you have resources available on your YouTube channel that moms of maybe ADD or ADHD kids can go to, to, to maybe start connecting their kiddo to some hula hooping resources? 
Yeah, I have um, a couple of hula hoop tutorials on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel's kind of uh, been lacking in content since I discovered TikTok, honestly. Um, but I do have a a couple videos on my YouTube and then on my website, hooplahoma.com, I have a page where I've started putting up the virtual programs that I've made for the library. So you can see those, some of those on my website and there are a couple hula hooping ones and there should be a link to the meditation one on there. And all of those virtual library programs that I've made are made with kids in mind. They can help. I mean, they can teach anybody to learn how to juggle or hoop or balance or whatever, but I really tried to make them with the intention of explaining things like in the simplest way possible so that a kid aimed at little. Yes. All right. So Chelsea, we are going to continue talking and we're going to be talking about what it's like to perform for people in just a sec, but we need to take a really quick sponsor break. So we'll be back right after this. All right, we're back. We're talking with Chelsea Parks, the owner of Hooplahoma, a freelance circus performer and a performer with Inspiral Circus. So we talked before the break about um, resources that, that you had up, uh, meditating and and how hula hooping really helped you with your focus issues. Now I kind of want to move on and I kind of want to talk about what it's like to perform. Now I've been a performer in, I'm an attention whore, so I'm, I've been a performer in many capacities throughout my life. Um, were you always kind of the pay attention to me or were you the, I would rather be a wallflower until I say you can see me? Huh. I, now that you say that and thinking about it and yes, I've been definitely someone who, um, (laughs) wants people to pay attention to them, but it was (laughs) never like a performative thing. It was more like, I want to make the funny comment in class that gets a laugh and make snarky remarks and things like that but never really like in a performing kind of way and I actually I used to want to be a teacher before any before I got into any of this circus stuff I wanted to be an elementary school teacher um it didn't totally work out obviously but but I like what I'm doing because I still get to teach in that way Um, right I when I first got into this it was more to do the teaching side of it. I did the hooping, juggling, unicycling, and sear wheel because I just loved to do those things. And I love to learn and I love the learning process. And I wanted to share like my process and help other people learn to do it for themselves. And then I kind of fell into performing as an avenue to be able to do that. But it's really fun. And it's kids are the best audience to perform for. They hype you up like no adult ever will, except for maybe like my mom. But (laughs) um, they lose their minds whenever like I bust out the sear wheel Uh, or even like simple things, like the LED hula hoops, the ones that light up. Mm -hmm. They just go nuts for that kind of stuff. And it's so great because I can just be 
um, doing something so simple and they're going crazy. I love it. Yeah. So, um, one of my versions of performing. So I used to work at science museum, Oklahoma and I, (laughs) I, I did a show called science live for several years, uh, for them. And it's what, it's what all the kids called the explosion show. It was a show about chemistry and yeah, we blew a bunch of stuff up for children. I lit things on fire for children And what I loved about performing for and around children is, A, it's really easy to play off when you make a mistake because they're just not primed to pick at you like that. And even if you do outright make a mistake that you can't cover, that you can't just, you know, sweep under that rug they didn't even notice was there, they are the most forgiving kind group of human beings to perform for because they're rooting for you to fix whatever went wrong yes and then you can even add it into the act was which is a lot of what I do because part of my message to these kids is like it's okay to mess up so I'll play it up even if I drop something while if like I drop a juggling ball while I'm in my performance I'll be like oh no oh should I just give up or should I try again and make them be like, try again, like, yeah, to it. like take them on that emotional journey with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the other thing that's great about doing TikToks. I'm having to perform for adults. I mean, I, I recognize that teens and kids sometimes watch my stuff, mm-hmm. but that's on them. I'm not making it for them, but like adults, you have to like, pull for that that connection with your audience kids you're just like look it's a ball and they're like i'm into it i'm with you yeah a lot of the time yeah there's all <laughs> there's always like one kid who's like oh you're so cool like one cool <laughs> for school doesn't want to sleep with the rest of the kids <laughs> yeah yeah. See, I was the nerdy kid who I was like i'm down i don't i'm down give 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 yeah let's get into it <laughs> yeah I was, I was always that kid, but so it's zero surprise at all that I turned out into the adult that I turned out into. So can you tell me a story of performing for kids or even performing for adults? Cause you've performed for adults. What, what was the biggest catastrophic? Like, I don't know how this is going to get better and I'm not sure it can get worse, but let's just keep on going. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I haven't had anything like terribly catastrophic happen, luckily, knock on. Yeah. Um, but there was this one time that I was with, uh, that was a group of us walking on stilts. Uh, this was within Spiral Circus, and we were doing the grand opening of Scissor Tail Park here in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. last year. And there were these kids whose parents just were not, they were just oblivious or something. These kids were really messing with us on the stilts and kind of like joking that they were going to try to knock us over. And it got to the point where it was like not funny. And yeah, and we were trying to, it was like me and this other guy performer and these kids were kind of trying to sneak up on him and like mess with him. And that's so dangerous when you're on stilts. Um, yeah. You can't, you can't, have kids like joking about knocking you over. And so um this guy was like 
you know, trying to play it off and like stay in character. And he is like, thank you. And I will be going now. And just like, you know, trying to get away from them. And he kind of did it in this weird way that it was kind of like abrupt. And it, I think, startled them. And yeah, they got, they got really upset and kind of butt hurt. And they're like, you suck. And they just started like yelling at us as we were walking away from them. Because we were like, we yeah. to get away from these kids. Like, their parents are not, they don't, they're oblivious. They're, like, being really unsafe, threatening to knock us over, which I don't know if they're serious or not, but not, try, right. not trying to find out. And then as we were walking away, these kids were just like, you should be fired and, and yelling at us. And we're like, ugh, that is not a good look <laughs> for us. Right. But and, and there was no way that we could like explain to people around us who could hear these kids like uh, that. they Like, listen, these kids are. They started it. No, for real. They started it. Exactly. It was. Yeah. It was kind of awkward and weird. And we just had to like move on and just go to another. Right. Just. Well, and, and still being on stilts, there's no quick getaway. You still just kind of amble away. Right. Yeah. Well, you can take pretty big steps. Right. You, right. You can't like run away or anything. And then, and you also have to keep performing and here you have to right. stay in character and be like, uh-huh, okay, see you later. Oh. Yeah. So, and then other than that, really nothing. That's the most like, you know, awkward thing that's happened Uh, other than like accidentally making a kid cry who's just sensitive and doesn't like Mm -hmm. people who are in shiny costumes like it's too much for them yeah I feel so bad like sometimes kids will just see someone in a costume and it'll make them cry and then there's just no redemption from it and you can't do anything except leave them alone (laughs) kind of try to back away yeah i uh when i was at the museum one of the many roles i filled is we had a mascot and it was a big costumed mascot and nine of ten kids totally fine that one kid was just freaked out by all the mascots they could have seen mickey mouse in person and they still just would not have liked it it was just over much stimulation for them and every once in a while, one of those kids who just wanted nothing to do with the mascot, their moms would be like, or their dads or their, their sponsors would be like, oh no, it's fine. Go take a picture. And this kid is about to vomit. They are so upset by the experience. I'm like, no, like, uh, and again, you have to stay in character and you can't really, the customer's always right kind of thing. Yeah. You can't really say, no, it's it's fine. I don't think the kid wants a picture. I'm, I don't, please don't vomit on this thousand dollar suit. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so if you had a megaphone and you had the attention of every parent on the planet for one minute, what is it that you would like to force them to listen to you about dealing with performers and educators and people who put themselves out there for edutainment? Edutainment. I don't know if I've heard that word before. I <laughs> love it. You know, I love smooshing words together. That's how I got hoopla homa. 
Um, <laughs> well, see, Hooplahoma is an edutainment company. Oh my gosh. I got to put that on my website like right now. I love that. Well, that is a, that is a big question. Wow. If I, it is, it is a big question. To be fair, I spring it on all of my guests and they all hate me for it, but I put it at the very end of the show. So yeah. So in dealing with performers, I guess one of, one of the biggest things like we were just talking about a couple minutes ago is safety. Um, so not just with stilts, but also with hoops and juggling and sear wheel um when you're juggling and hula hooping it's like there are objects flying everywhere and just that spatial awareness that's another big thing that i um try to get the message across about in my videos is spatial awareness mm-hmm. um a lot of these kids just don't have a very good uh, spatial awareness developed yet so they really right. parents to be like engaged in paying attention and make sure not they're not just walking up to the shiny sparkly lady who's hula hooping because the hula hoop's going to hit them in the face when they walk up yeah you know yeah and we're not talking the walmart level squishy plastic no like these are the industrial kind yes oh my gosh don't get me started on store-bought hula hoops (laughs) they're so cheap but no yeah the hula hoops i make are definitely heavier because they're made to be uh, they're made to work for adults too. So right. heavier hoops are easier. And yeah, I really, really do not want kids getting hit in the head with hula hoops. And it happens because they'll run up behind me or something. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's not usually that big of a deal. Like they don't get hurt that much. But it's really scary if I'm doing sear wheel, which is. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know, it's a giant steel circle that I'm standing in and spinning around in, and I need a lot of space to be able to do that. And ugh, it's it's uh, it's scary to think about. That's like my worst nightmare: is a, a kid rushing the stage while I'm doing sear wheel or something like. That. Yeah, which has almost happened a couple times. Luckily, there have been no. No incidents like that. But that, but if that thing hits you, like, it can knock you out. Right. Yeah. So, All right. I think, would be my biggest thing. Just spatial awareness and safety for performers in general. Um, just make sure your kids aren't, like, running up to them and, you know, getting hit in the head with any of their props or knocking them <laughs> over off their stilts. <laughs> right. All right. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for chatting with me. I've had a fantastic time. Uh, your information will be in the show notes. So if you want to check out Hooplahoma, if you want to check out some of those educational videos we talked about at the top of the show, um, or if you want to follow her on TikTok, Instagram, or check out her website, all of that information will be on mamacusses.com. Uh, we need to thank our sponsors for their support of the Mama Cusses podcast and all the various things that I do. We need to thank the Fox sisters for the use of their song Stuck on You for the intro and outro of this podcast. And one more big giant thanks to Chelsea for coming on the show today. Chelsea, thank you so much. Thank you, Gwetta. It's been fun. All right. You guys, we'll see you next episode. Stay fierce, bitches. <laughs>
makes me kind of crazy with the way she's treating me. She's a mistreater, a bounder, a cheater, and that's not.